Hello, fellow friends, family degenerates, and welcome to another edition of Caged Wisdom MMA. My name is Josh, and I am your host, along with Buck Schlurf over MMA Nerd. Hey, I'm podcasting here. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's New York. Uh, UFC 2... <laughs> UFC t- <laughs> 295. Sorry. UFC. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. UFC 295 right around the corner this weekend. By God, is it a good I'm so excited. Come. So we promise we're shorting this up. We're, we're doing this on video now. So we're going to get right into it. So first fight, we have Diego Lopez, plus 100, taking on Pat Sabatini, minus 120 at featherweight. Matt Frivola. Plus 185, taking on Benoit Saint-Denis at, I said that right? Did I nail did. that? Uh, I don't know what his odds are, but it's close to that. Uh, Jessica Andrade, plus 170, taking on Mackenzie Turn, minus 205. Sergey Pavlovich, minus 102, interesting number there. Taking on Tom Aspinall, which is going to be absolutely incredible. And finally, Yuri Prohashka, plus 102, taking on Alex Perea, Pereira. Minus 122. A lot of twos. Let's get right after it. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that's really weird. So uh, we're like we always do when, in the podcast. We're going to go through each fight, give our predictions and our breakdown uh, because we're doing this a little bit different format moving forward. Then we wanted to uh, uh, make sure that we, we got it done quick. So Diego Lopez, why don't you kick it uh, off? Lopez, Lopez made his debut uh, back at UFC 2. 88, I want to say. He was the short notice replacement for Bryce Mitchell. He fought Melvsar Evloyev and really impressed. Like a couple of really close submission attempts, um, rocked him on the feet early, or at least uh, landed some really good counter shots early. I was I really did way better than I gave him any credit for. Um, he has fought Gavin Tucker since then um, and did a flying triangle counter to a single leg. Uh, and tapped him out with a triangle arm bar. So what an awesome mm-hmm. submission threat on the ground. He is active and always attacking and always chaining submissions. Um, he's really sticky, too, in a pretty cool way. Like, is is just always able to yeah. hold on. And um, the, the BJ Penn was, like, the guy who was, like, really known for having this like incredible hip and leg dexterity like early on when he was like first making his run through the UFC and and Diego Lopez has that like awesome ability to like keep his legs engaged and and use that to always stay connected on the ground and always be threatening it's really cool um he's fighting Pat Sabatini who is um a talented jiu-jitsu player um but I think he was a wrestler first um, mm-hmm. he likes his top control, um, a lot of submissions, um, but he likes his top control kind of maintains pressure against the cage. Uh, Sabatini's interesting in that a lot of his takedowns seem to be trips, which is really cool. Um, like body locks yeah. against the cage and then abnormal for us. Yeah. And then yeah. like, yeah, like inside trips or, or things like that. Uh, um, uh, so, you know, also using his legs, um, Mm-hmm. It's, and I think he's going to get a chance to do that too because Lopez kind of like in the stand-up will back himself up against the cage pretty quickly. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if in the first 30 seconds or so this fight is already on the cage um, and Sabatini is starting to like fish for legs and trying to get a trip or get something like that. 
Um, yeah. But, 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 but correct. Yeah. Uh, Diego Lopez, that submission game is so active. Yeah. I mean, he has arguably one of the best submission games that I've seen, you know, come up in the UFC recently. And Sabatini, um, while he's a really good wrestler, I think he's got a lot of gaps in his game. Now, I, he is the favorite in this one. And I think that the Vegas odds got it wrong. Again, we're not like a, a, a gambling site necessarily and like that, but we just want to call it how we see it. And there's a reason that, that the odds makers did what they did. Um, you know, with with Sabat or excuse me, with Lopez, he's not very good at takedowns. But once he gets taken down, he is amazing. And I think that Sabatini just puts himself in too many risky situations, and he keeps himself a little bit too mm-hmm. open, uh, either on the feet and on the ground, in either his scrambles or when he's you know taking somebody down. I think that Lopez is going to capitalize, and I see Lopez taking this by submission. I think so too. All right, moving right along. So next we have Matt Frivola, plus 185, is taking on Benoit Saint-Denis, which I, for some reason, didn't write the odds for. Uh, what are your thoughts on this fight? This is another one that is so hard to pick. So many of the fights uh, this in this card, the main event, or the main card, are... are it's going to be a good fight, though. It's, it's going to be a good fight, fight for, for sure. a round. I, I can't... Pu- I don't even think it. I don't yeah, I can't around. fathom it going any longer than that. Um, Saint Denis mm-hmm. just goes forward, and Saint Denis wins by um, decision or submission, or, or um, not infrequently. So, but I mean, he gets mm-hmm. his finishes, and a lot of the time, he gets his finishes through just like an overwhelming pressure. He is so sticky in his grappling. He just makes you work so hard and just wears you down. And um, yep. like his last win. Um, over Tiago Moise, uh, Tiago Alves? No, Tiago Moises. Um, oof. Uh, was, uh, it was that, it was exactly that. It was against the cage, just like finally he couldn't take any more strikes, just was able to wrestle him down over and over and over again, and then just won with ground and pound mm-hmm. eventually. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, but the way he does it, he closes against the cage really fast, and it's, in that, like, the way that he closes, he doesn't have the best defense while he's charging in. and That's the problem. Well, Frivola's had two, like, huge knockouts it, yeah. literally from that exact position with his back up against the cage, his opponent, you know, trying to overwhelm him with strikes, and he mm-hmm. is bobbing and weaving and dipping and catches, you know, catches his opponent with that left hand, that big left hook, and... Golly, it for Vola hits like a truck, yeah. a, a steamroller. Well, and, and that's and that's yeah, and that and that's been the critique against Fervol, right? He's just a little bit undersized, mm-hmm. and so Saint Denis is going to be a little bit or Saint Denis, whatever you want to say, is going to be a little bit mm-hmm. bigger in this fight. Um, from what I'm understanding, what I'm hearing is that Fervol has put on a little bit of mass coming into this fight, and it just seems to me that uh, Saint Denis is a little bit too hittable in this situation for a guy. I mean, he's waded through some big strikers before, not big strikers, you know, but at 155, there's not a ton of guys that can just put you mm-hmm. out. I mean, there's there's some, but uh, I think he, uh, I, I again, I think the odd makers got it, got it wrong. I think that is going to be for, uh, for Vola by TKO. I think if it's not, um, I think if it gets to the ground, I think Santini has a, is going to be able to keep him against the cage. He doesn't make it a fair grappling match because Frivola has really good. Yeah, but Frivola's Frivola's taken on. I mean, the only guy I've ever seen him lose to on the ground was Sorokin. right, right, and and he does. He's got excellent jujitsu. Um, yeah, I, I enough to keep him safe. I think that 
there's a little bit more cage wrestling from Santini than mm-hmm. Sarukian. Um, I'd have to go back and watch that fight again. Um, it's yeah, he's all about trying to limit the amount of movement that his opponent has, so he can't like use his jujitsu as a counter. Um, I think, God, yeah, I think Santini would has a little bit of an advantage on the the ground, but getting there is going to be so tough. Getting there is going to be tough. Okay. All right, next fight is Jessica Andrade plus 170 taking on the emerging or the reemerging, I would say, Mackenzie Dern. Seems like she's had a little bit of a career resurgent. I mean, she's only lost what one fight Something like, that I can remember. Um, one or one, is one, it one or two. two? Um, she got her last fight. She looked like a entirely different looked awesome. Person. Yeah, she different she, fighter looked amazing. She got yeah. decision by Yan Zhao Nan, um, who was able to stay. Mm-hmm you know, safe on the ground and, and, and stay at her distance and, and, and land good strikes and maintain control on the feet. Um, but Dern's last fight, I think her, her last fight was against, um, Angela Hill and she looked really good on the feet and to look good on the feet against Angela Hill is a huge compliment because Angela Hill is an incredible fighter. She's such a veteran and, um, Dern has really gotten this excellent jab, um, she's been, she was working with Jason Perillo for a while at Ruka, um, in California and, and yeah, that jab that she's got has been so well-timed and then she's got that booming overhand and she's really big and strong for 115. Um, yeah, I mean, you could just see it in her. Well, her, her entire body composition yeah. has changed mm-hmm. dramatically over the last three mm-hmm. years. I mean, she looked jack last yeah. time. And Andrade is what? One in three in her last four. Yeah. And um, and you had mentioned something that was a little bit concerning because I, I had Dern taking this by submission rather, I guess, not mm-hmm. easily because I don't want to disrespect Andrade. I mean, Andrade is a really dangerous fighter. They're, they're going or she's going down to 115 for this fight, which, you know, people that that are fighters, the pro level that are uh, that are starting to drop weight after a skid is typically not a very good sign. Um, but you had mentioned that Mackenzie Dern is no longer training with with Jason. Yeah, Perlo, she said right? something about how Ruka closed. Um, I wasn't able yeah. to find anything out That's about just... it, but it sounds so. She's been training out of her garage with um, her dad, who you know. I mean, to say oh she's training with her dad, that kind of sounds bad. But when her dad is Megaton yeah. Diaz, uh, a coral belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, that's sort of like that's pretty, pretty good. good if you had to have a coach. Um. Uh. Yeah, but I mean, but all the gains of her game have been. I mean, we no one's ever doubted her on the ground, right? That's true. No one mm-hmm. ever, and all of her gains have come by her striking mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, especially recently. Uh, what do you think the impact of that's going to be? Um, I you know I don't know. It, the corner work was going to be different. Jason Perillo is excellent in a fighter's corner. Um. Mm-hmm. So and so her game plan will be a little bit different. She's not going to like lose the skills that she got working there, but the game planning and the support that you get like leading up to and during the fight from your coach is is going to be a little bit different. Um and training partners. Yeah, and her training partners. That's true. And you know, getting your timing mm-hmm. down because that's uh that's a skill set that tends to go away rather quickly if you if you're not in there yeah. sparring, you know, hence ring rust. So I don't know, it's going to be interesting. So do you think that you know, we don't want to go too long on this. What do you think that does to the fight? Do you think that impacts it enough to, to lean towards Andrade um, in this? I just, I, Andrade has been making some regressions. It seems like her, 
her technique yep. has gone down. Um, she's still like very physically strong and very active and good defensively on the ground. Um, her two of her last three losses were by submission. That was to Aaron Blanchfield, um, which was up at 125. So that was back uh, was up at flyweight. Um, and then mm-hmm. her most recent loss was down at strawweight again. But it was to Tatiana Suarez, who is. I do not understand how Tatiana Suarez makes 115. That girl is monstrously strong. Um, So no shame in getting, you know, in that loss. Um, I think, I mean, Mackenzie Dern has, I mean, if you go down her, like her jujitsu career, she has a lot of gold medals in absolute divisions. Like she is not uncomfortable grappling very strong people. So I, you know, I, I'm, yeah, this might be a a Dern submission. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a Dern submission too, and uh, I think Andrade has you know her big opportunity is gonna be land one of those overhand rights or the left hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dern's never been knocked out before, so I don't see it happening now, and I see it being less likely at one fifteen than it was at one twenty five. Because did she ever fight at one thirty? She did. Too? Jessica Andrade is the only woman who has knockouts in three divisions. And she's crazy. so rad. I well, love Jessica Andrade. She's yeah, dude, uh, yeah. She's she's great to watch, and I wish her the best. I just don't think she's going to win yeah. this one. Uh, next, we have the interim uh, heavyweight, who's Sergey Pavlovich, taking on Tom Aspinall. Um, these so the odds on this one is I think. I don't know where these odds are. This is from DraftKings. Minus 102, and Aspinall's minus 118. Uh, As most of you know, Aspinall coming off a pretty significant knee injury. Uh, He's also a late replacement in this fight, whereas Sergey wasn't necessarily going to be in this because he was a backup replacement for the John Jones-Stipe Miocic fight. And but he was training in case something happened. Unfortunately, something happened to both of them, and so the the Aspinall's a late call-up. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, um, so Aspinall has, um, yeah, he had that loss to Curtis Blades, which was, I, I honestly, I think Aspinall beats Curtis Blades. Um, that was just kind of like a freak knee injury on on his own kick too. Like it wasn't a, a injury yeah. from Blades. Um, I don't even really consider that a loss. Yeah, pretty much. So he has since come back and he fought Marching Tabura, um, the last time they were in London. And TK owed him, or not, yeah, TK, you know, in like two minutes again. Um, and two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's he, uh, in the um, UFC embedded videos that they do leading up to the the main event or the, the fight night. Aspinall said, it's so hard to game plan for Pavlovich because you can't tell what he's good at because his fights are so short. Um, Mm -hmm. Tom Aspinall has the shortest average fight time in the UFC, uh, at like two minutes and 19 seconds. And Sergei Pavlovich has the second shortest average fight time at like two minutes and 30 seconds. So this, there's just like no room for this. This fight is so razor thin or so razor close. Um, I, I don't, Aspinall has a lot of tricks on the feet. Um, he has such good, like, like elbows to break from the clinch. His hand speed is so good. His head movement's great. His kicks are nice. Um, his combinations. Hand speed's the best in the division, he, right? His speed. I mean, I don't see anyone that moves Speed like flat. Him. He moves like he's one. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah. I just, every time you're engaging like that, you're at a risk because Pavlovich is, is not only 
freakishly strong. He's also very fast. He and and he's very technically proficient as well. It's not just like mm-hmm. a big man throwing big bombs and getting away with just being like hugely strong. Uh, he's very technical and it's awkward. It's different than like than your than most striking you see. And I think it's a lot of it is due to his build. Um, he is. He's, you yeah. know, he's got like that Jan Blahovich kind of build where he's like really oddly yeah. top heavy and his arms are so long. But like, so what he does is because he's got this like super broad frame, these punches that he throws, a lot of them, I mean, he, and he throws from a ton of different angles, but he'll do this like lancing, like rising uppercut sort of thing where he like punches from inside up, um, and that has kind of like Yuri Prohaska. Yuri Prohaska doesn't Yuri. Yuri is a little bit more bladed too. when he does it. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and Pavlovich, yeah, it's like a it's a rising from the inside uppercut, and he I, I he's started a bunch of his knockout like you know he'll land that and then swarm afterwards, and he's he yeah. did that to Curtis Blades. I mean he. It, that's it, he punches from these really weird angles, but it's not just weird; it's weird and very technical. Um, the the thing that's a mystery to me is I don't know how much Sergey Pavlovich's ground game has improved. Uh, I know he's been working at American Top Team in Florida, um, and they they're a lot of very proficient defensive grapplers come out of there. But the you know Pavlovich's only loss in the UFC was. Um, to Alistair Overeem, and it was a clinch to an inside trip and some ground and pound. And how long ago was that? That's like, that was twenty eighteen or nineteen. This okay. was so that's that's enough time to develop a pretty legitimate. It it is, game. but I just don't but, know I mean, that it's happened because there's no way to tell. Yeah, and that and that's a problem because Aspinall is good. Aspinall is a Phenomenal jujitsu player. Yeah, wrestler. he's a wrestler. He's got awesome jujitsu. He's a wrestler, jujitsu player. He's got speed. He's got strikes. He's got leg kicks for days. He's got power. I mean, with uh, Pavlovich, I mean, you know, we've seen him take punches, right? Taitu Ivasa, Curtis Blades. And if this was not a short notice fight, I would be going towards Aspinall, like at the beginning, right when they mm-hmm. called the fight. I don't really, I don't pick against Aspinall. Mm-hmm. At this point, because I think that guy's got future champion written all over him, and he's a pretty young guy, mm-hmm. you know. So he's got a lot of time and skill to, de- or a lot of time to develop. But I think that's that's really the one area that I've got a lot of concerns on right now is, you know, is ring rust ring rust sure as hell didn't look like an issue with him in his last mm-hmm. fight. So how do you think this plays out? I mean, I. Like if you were gonna bet this fight, I wouldn't bet this fight. Let's yeah. just put it that way. This is so razor close. I don't see how this is possibly gonna, um, uh, you know, how you could even. Pick I it. I think I I trust Aspinall to get it to the ground. Um, I I trust that he can set those that takedown up. Uh, Pavlovich okay. has like only th- there's only been three takedowns against him. Curtis Blades shot once after he was rocked and again shot mm-hmm. like he does that like lean for yeah, the bend shot. forward at the waist don't yeah. bend your knee shot that doesn't count um and then yep. the other one I had to check was Shamil Abdurahimov and it was also when he was rocked and he like stumbled forward and they called that a takedown attempt um 
I think Aspinall is going to be able to set those up a little bit. The thing I'm worried about is Aspinall likes those leg kicks, and Pavlovich is really heavy on that front leg, and so it's like just so tempting. It's like the perfect target for a leg kick. Mm-hmm. And Pavlovich hasn't really worked on a ton of like checking defense and things, but because his arms are so long, he's got like an 84 inch reach, which is crazy, by the way. He's uh he's six foot three and has a seven foot reach. Which is yeah, is stupid, crazy. but what that's but what that means is when you are in low kicking range, you are in jabbing range for him. And if you are lazy or or just aren't getting your head out of line, like if you're not perfect, he can land that power jab, and he's so fast and accurate. If you're on one leg when he jabs you, that's the beginning of the end. And so, yeah. like, the even though those low kicks look like they're there, that seems like such a risk to me. So, if... Well, didn't Aspinall hurt his leg on a low sure kick, did. too? Isn't that yeah. what... Okay, so do you think... Do you think that's going to be... Because his last fight against Tibura, I don't remember the fight, but I don't know if he did a lot of leg kicks in it. But we've seen people come mm-hmm. back, like Chris Weidman, yeah. uh, Anderson Silva... After a nasty leg injury uh-huh. like that, maybe not as nasty those mm-hmm. two, but be really hesitant and, and to kick again. You know, like that's the one thing we're all I looking for. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a big path to his victory is because he's going to set up these takedowns. He's got to find a way to make him pay when he tries to close the distance or at least keep mm-hmm. him away from it. Uh, but I think that Aspinall's got the speed. So to be honest with you, anyone listening, uh, I had Sergey uh, Pavlovich take this by TKO originally and talking with Buck, you know, before he had the call. I have changed my mind. I, I think I'm going to go with Aspinall on this, even though it's short yeah. notice, and I know I should never ever go against a short or go with a short notice fighter. Yeah, but I don't think that this is going to be. Uh, well, God, it's five rounds too. I, it's not going to go five rounds. There's no way. There's no way this gets out of the first round. Yeah, but I mean, well, no. There's a way it gets out of the first round. What I'm worried about is Aspinall fading in round two because of lack of conditioning. Maybe I think I think he will be able to make I right. think he, Aspinall will be able to make Pavlovich work harder than he has to if he can if he can make it a grappling fight it's going to be a lot more draining on Pavlovich than it is Aspinall. Um, so if if it, yeah, it's still, yeah I I I'm still, still. Le- it's tough and if it okay make I'm going to go Aspinall by I don't submission go too far twist my arm. Oh, I don't feel good. I don't me. feel good um, about it either. <laughs> oh God. Um, I'm sticking with it. Sergey Pavlovich via yeah, TKO. I'm not confident at all in that. All right, our final fight: Alex Pereira uh, taking on Yuri Prohashka. What are your thoughts on this? This is another one I'm not confident about. <laughs> another one. Uh, no, I, I'm. I'm pretty confident. I feel. Good yeah. About this okay. One. Tell me why. Tell me why. Because Prohashka is coming off a long layoff. That's after, a good point. You know, after having to vacate mm-hmm. the belt. He's only had three fights in the UFC. And in the fight that he had against Glover Teixeira, he did not look like a world beater that he did with other the other two. Remind me who they were uh, again. He fought Vulcan Ozdemir, and then he fought Dominic Reyes. Yeah, Ozdemir. Okay, so both those guys are... You know, uh, a little bit above gatekeeper status. I think Reyes has been somewhat eliminated as ever contending for the title again, and he's kind of really, you know, he fell off after that. Prohaska's style has always been based around that wild striking, it's so right? unusual, like, almost like a Viking. It's so yeah, unusual. it's very unusual. But there's 
he holds his hands low. He does a lot of spinning attacks. You know, he covers the distance really well, but he's going in and taking on a guy that is arguably the best, most refined fight uh, striker in the UFC, right? You know, with the credentials to prove it. He's got leg kicks that are underrated because he doesn't have to use them all the time because he's got such amazing, like, hands. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he uses them a lot. He used them a lot against uh, Israel Adesanya. And I think that given the, the ring rust, given the, uh, the wild and the striking versus someone that's technically almost perfect uh, that can hit like a truck, I think that this is uh, Alex Pereira's fight. Uh, you know, I, I, I think it might be also. Um, Yuri stands very bladed, um, and mm-hmm. those long stances will make him very vulnerable to to those low kicks. Yeah. Um, I think Pereira is going to have a lot of success with those. Um, I, I like a lot of the stuff Yuri does. I, I think he he changes his angles really well. Um, and I, I think what, what, what is so interesting about what Yuri Prohaska does is like, I mean, just for example, like one of the things I love so much about like one of his strikes that I love so much is the, um, like he'll like fake a level change straight up into a front high kick, like a, like a front kick to the head. Uh, it's just Mm -hmm. like, it's unorthodox. I haven't seen it too many other places. And even if you're a very refined striker um and even if you just got accepted into the glory kickboxing hall of fame uh, like stuff that is you like when you're that level you're expecting the stuff that works at the highest level and you're not ex- you're just not trained for things that are that unorthodox um the angles mm-hmm. are a little weird from it like and not even his like footwork angles like his punching angles, kind of similar to Pavlovich, how he does that. Pavlo- Pavlovich has that like inside. You were just mentioning, yeah, um, Yuri. Yeah, uppercut. Yuri does these like odd angle lunging uppercuts, and but don't you think that leaves him it? It does. It does. And don't you think like his body of work? Because we all, it seems like he's been in the UFC since 2010. Yeah. Uh, but he's only had three fights in it, and the only fight they had against someone that was a legitimate you know, title contender, title holder is Glover Teixeira, mm-hmm. who he almost lost to. He was losing that fight until he choked him out at the end. He got caught a lot against Dominic Reyes um, lit him. Glover Teixeira. Yeah, and yeah, and Glover got him too. So he's got yeah. And he lit I mean, he knocked him down and, you know, he was beat up and extremely damaged. Now think about and on top of that, let's not forget that Glover Teixeira is also the coach of Alex Pereira. Yeah, that's true. Right? Okay. No, we didn't think about that, did we? <laughs> this that just came to came to my mind uh, right now. I d- so add all those together. I don't. I don't. I think this is going to be somewhat of a blowout. Uh maybe. Um, I I think they both get hit a lot. I'm like proud of myself. That was pretty. That. Okay. Uh, like, they both get yeah. hit a lot. Um, Alex gets hit and Yuri gets hit, but I think Jerry has a better chin than Alex does. Well, he's bigger. Yeah, he's big. I I I have seen Prohaska get hit with some pretty significant devastating shots sure. and survive. Um and 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 Alex just doesn't seem to have the exact it doesn't seem to have that chin that Yuri does. I I can I really do see Alex winning. I I think I think I'm going to pick Pereira as well. 
Um, the leg mm-hmm. kicks seem like that's going to be huge for him. Uh, the the exact the techniques that Glover was landing, um, the double jab to the big overhand. I think he he knows what he had the most success with, and we'll be able to share that with Alex. I think that's a really good point. Um, yeah, I, I you know just well. Let's also not forget the layoff. That's true. You know. That was a that was like a year. Yeah, and that was a half. year and a half layoff. That's a long. That's a long time without a, a tuna and fight. And Pereira has had like three fights since then. I think he won the belt, lost the belt, went to a new division since Yuri's been good. And now fighting for another. And fighting belt. for another yeah, belt. So, yeah. So yeah. you know, I. It is all. This could go either way. I think the odds on this one are correct to make it this close, but um, I think I really. I don't think that. I is. I I agree that I think Alex will will win this, yeah. but um, I am less confident than you are in that. That's fair. That's fair, everybody. All right. Well, that's it to us. And, Holy shit, uh, we did it. Uh, half an hour. We, we do oh, under, under 30 minutes. All right, so we actually made our under 30 minutes. All right, appreciate everyone taking the time to listen. Hope you enjoy the fights, and we will see you next time for UFC 296. Over Francis Ngannou, heavyweight boxing champ, bless. <laughs> <laughs>